0: building an online business is more than branding content and sales. It's what happens behind the scenes during the highs and lows that make or break your business. I'm your host, Kim Doyle, and this is the Kim Doyle show. I'll be sharing my own journey of 10 plus years growing an online business, as well as talking to entrepreneurs who are on the ground, creating, building, and showing up every day. Remember, do business as only you can do. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Kim Doyle Show. I am, of course, your host, Kim Doyle. I keep thinking I'm going to come up with a better way to say that. Um, My guest today, I am really, really giddy. My guest is Daniel Danes-Hutt. First of all, Daniel, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so Daniel runs a site with his partner. Please correct me if I'm wrong. You're going to give us a backstory called Amp my content and we are gonna dig deep into content marketing and promotion and their you know headline is writing less so I am really really excited Daniel to go to go deep with this today but I love to get the backstory before we jump into the actual conversation so I'd love to hear a little bit more about your story uh, what you were doing before launching this and I know you run this with your partner Freya so I wherever you want to start take us uh, but I'd love to hear what you were doing before you launched. Awesome.
1: Yeah. Um, so I'm English, living in New Zealand. Uh, we've been here for about seven or eight years now. Um, but it's funny how we got into entrepreneurship is we're, we were literally going to be kicked out of the country um, because we'd ran out of visa options. And we sat at a table with kind of like a week to go and we found we could get an entrepreneurship visa and that would let us stay. So, um,
0: that's really cool. I did not know. It's, there's a whole bunch of different types of visas that will let you come in and out of countries that are like hidden.
1: (laughs) Oh, they change all the time as well. It's, it's a long story, but eventually that's not the visa that got us to stay, but it's (laughs) one that gave us enough time to stay along until we could, you know, find something else. But yeah, so, um, I, I watched a couple of videos of, of Photoshop on YouTube and we set up a clothing company actually um, overnight. And the next day we'd sold five t-shirts within five weeks. we were in five retail stores. Um, it was pretty crazy. And I found out it was because of our, uh, kind of marketing prowess that got us into it. And that started us on this like long path of learning content and SEO and paid traffic and all those things. But, um, that was the thing that got us kind of in the door. And then, um, we're going back I want to say five years now and it's all we've done really because we started making enough money to cover our living costs with the clothing company. And so we just pretty much dedicated 40 hours a week learning this. So we were very lucky. Um, The thing is, I'm I'm not a big fan of, I like to find where the biggest levers are and, and find how I can do, get the best results for the least amount of work. Not that I'm lazy. It's just, there's only 40 hours a week and there's things that demand your time all the time. So, um, we've only wrote nine blog posts in the last two and a half years. And oh, we've had, wow. yeah. And we've had the the top content of all time on inbound.org top 10. Um, we've had the top content of 2017 on growth hackers. Um, we got 50,000 visits to a new site in two weeks that led to $3 million in client requests. um, we didn't take all those, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> like, As
0: again, there's only 40 hours in the week. <laughs> yeah,
1: we were too, too small a team at the time. Um, what else? Yeah, it's, it's just been a little bit crazy. But it's the, the main reason that we can do this is we, we write killer content, and then we focus on promoting it and fully leveraging it. If you... I don't want to get into the math of it all, but there's so many benefits to sit down and actually promote the content to people who already like your audience than there is to actually um, just write more content. And it, it helps your sanity as well because you don't have to be churning stuff out all the
0: time. Yeah. Oh, it's it's huge. And I, I don't know if you've seen this. I have this little saying that everything is content. And I look at that more from the sort of micro content on social platforms that is sort of just a connection piece. But I'm... I, And and I'd love your thoughts on this, Daniel. And you'll learn pretty quickly as this conversation goes, that I go off script and we'll go in 12 ways sideways. (laughs) But but really, like, I, I see that this space is maturing, right? I've been doing this almost 11 years. And all of the I don't know, I don't want to say hype and stuff necessarily. But it's it's I feel like the online marketing space, it's like, wow, okay, these are this is now a legitimate business, like it's, it's maturing. And so you've got to really have that solid foundation. So meaning you can't just throw up a site and run paid traffic, and it's not going to necessarily last down the road. So, you know, in terms of, even with content, it feels like, Not what's old is new again, but all of a sudden people are kind of coming back to these really solid fundamentals of writing super quality content, making sure SEO is done well, you know, I I mean, as opposed to just pushing stuff everywhere.
1: That's the thing. Um, I was actually listening to your episode or your live call with, I want to say, Brendan.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: So Mm I'm totally on board with almost like, 99% 99% of the things that he was saying, you you know, it's all long game. You've got to be creating high value content. Like the stuff I'm going to talk about is paid ads to content, mm-hmm. but I'm still an SEO guy. Like it, it makes sense. It's just, I think a lot of information that we get is from companies that are very different to ours. So like we're, we're copying news sites and media sites that are tuning out content and volume and they've got whole writing teams. And if you're a small you know, like family-owned business and stuff like that, you can't possibly keep up. And so the the way to actually pull ahead is to go back to those fundamentals and write better content. Because here's a here's a big thing that I see. Almost everyone focuses on content for a traffic generation uh, aspect. But mm-hmm. in reality, if you've ever worked in retail, which I have when we were traveling and things like that, you have to say- same-
0: 20 years of my life. So go ahead. Management. Yeah, you,
1: have, you have the same conversation like a thousand times a week. <clears throat> and so why not put that conversation into content? I and mean, then you don't have to have it. So content should be helping you sell. It should be helping build trust. It should be helping to get traffic and things like this. And so that's the content that you need. You don't actually need a lot of assets to build a business, especially if you're just a small business or, you know, a small team or anything like that. But then that means you can actually, you can create these things and promote them to more and more people. You don't have to be entertaining people that you've already got. And that's, that's why it ties back into those old fundamentals of, um, you know, like killer content and promotion. It's just leveraging the platforms that we have. Also, a lot of the hacks and things that come out, they, they really are that it's, here's a loophole in the system that's getting, you know, an edge right now, but it won't last and so all of those systems, they 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 fix them afterwards. And so when you're back to square one and you've got nothing, you know. Yeah. I always yeah, think I... of them. Um, oh, sorry. After you.
0: No, no, no. Go ahead, please. Go ahead.
1: I always think of. Um, you're saying you got friends in Australia. I'm, I'm guessing one of them is probably Shramko. I
0: I I know I know James. I've met him once at an event, but <laughs> it's a lot of the WordPress people, Troy Dean, and right. I've just got a lot of friends in that space. <laughs>
1: he he has this great analogy of hunting and farming um and he's talking about it on sales and building your own site and stuff when you're when you are writing long form content you're farming you're you know you're you're planting seeds and you're you're growing trees basically to get fruit and stuff like that and if you're hunting you're going out every day and if you don't get a sale then you don't eat but, and, and so it's like short term approach and i think of it when people are churning out like 300 word posts it's almost like they planted the seed at 8 a.m. and then at 12 o'clock they're trying to eat it and all they've got is like a mouthful of dirt you know <laughs> yeah and and they can't understand why that's not working for them but that's the, in reality that's why it's because you haven't given it time to nurture and actually do its job
0: yeah well and i think that other piece that's also gets in the way don't you think of people simply starting they get like, I can't maintain this. And especially for people that really don't enjoy writing. I I, truth like I love getting lost in a blog post for hours. It's just (laughs) when when I've planned it, it's it's fun. I I simply enjoy the process. And so but there are a lot of people that don't think they're writers or don't even know where to start. Um, You know, so I, I, I think that to your point, it is it's kind of like, then all of a sudden, you're just like, I don't know. There's something about the massive quick content. Have you seen any of this, Daniel? See, here you go. I'm cutting my sentences off, but like, there are a lot of marketers out there that are doing these things where it's like, you know, hire us and create, you know, a year's worth of content in two or three days where you basically go, let's record 60 videos or a hundred videos and we'll chop it up. And I'm like, who does that serve? Exactly. I actually tried. I tried that. I tried doing 10 videos based on questions. I have a Facebook group called Content Creators, Um, would love to feature you in there too. And we do. um, But so people would say, what's your biggest challenge with content? I thought, all right, I'm going to take 10 of these questions. And I'm going to record a short video, turn it into a blog post, I, I literally recorded 10 videos. And I did one, I posted one because I thought this is such garbage. I felt like I was trying to keep it quick and under three to five minutes. And then transcribing it based on the way I talk took more Time and effort yeah. had I just sat and written a well done post
1: <laughs> totally
0: I am um, it's the same as you, uh,
1: you guys were talking you and Brendan it doesn't serve anyone and there's no real value to it um, it's it's almost being in a conversation where the the one person just isn't paying attention you know and they're just just talking the whole time mm-hmm. and so there's no um, there's no back and forth there's no growth uh, between the two of you. Whereas in sales, that needs to happen, you know, that, and if you're going to be creating content, <clears throat> excuse me, just churning out that stuff like the Gary V kind of thing or we're copying news and media sites and those guys are paid for like eyeballs. And so they will happily have the same 10,000 people come back five times a day to look at adverts and then they get paid. But you, most businesses don't work like that. And in fairness, it's a terrible model because they only get paid – Couple of cents every time as a view. Whereas in reality, if you're trying to sell something, you need someone to come along and they need to stay for six, 10, 15 minutes and you need to actually build up that relationship. And so if, you, if you're just putting out all this content, it doesn't really do much. Um, case in point, I don't really do much social media. Um, I'm probably more active on my Twitter account and on there I'm posting music videos and pictures of my cat. So it's not even anything to do with business anyway, um, just because. If you've got one channel, if you've built that asset and it's good enough, that's all you need really, you know?
0: Well, and you know what I've, I have noticed as well is I think your audience at this point in the game, most people kind of are everywhere. So if you prefer one platform to another, it's not like you're missing talking to the right people at a certain point is, is kind of my gut. So, I mean, there are plenty of, I don't know. I mean, I've got a presence on every platform, but I'm way more active. Probably Facebook is the most active because I've got a group there. But other than that, it's like my podcast, my content is kind of my home. And I even started pivoting like with Instagram. I just I refuse to do something so overly branded with my account. I'm like, you might get my dogs today, Mm -hmm. you might get an offer tomorrow, not an offer, but something about a piece of content, you might get my kids, you might get a Christmas tree. It just, I just can't overthink it anymore.
1: That's it. And like, it, it's good for building um, trust if you're if you're showing genuine things behind the scenes. But um, if if you don't have the time to like go deep on on each of them, you're better off just trimming, uh, pruning away. It's the same. Um, I guess it's the same with flowers and things. If you prune away the dead, everything else is healthier. So um, it makes it much easier. And we we were talking about content earlier. Like some people don't um, don't like to write. And that's fine. Like if content isn't your thing, but often I find it's because people have not learned how to. Yeah. And, um, and I'll give some tips on like, on how to do that. Cause I, I actually saw that in your, um, in your Facebook group the other day. Some people were asking, um, I actually wrote a post about it as well. I'll share it at the end. Yeah. Um, that. But it, it's, it's, it's one of those things when you're a beginner writer, you don't know all the mistakes you're making. And, and mm-hmm. so it's like, Once you can actually get past it, I can write a 3000 word post in about an hour and a half if I Mm -hmm. wanted to, but I still only write, you know, a post every three months because it's not about churning out volume. It's about depth. It's about promoting that content. So, you know, even if you don't like writing now, you can still write, you know, you can write 12 posts a year and still use it to build your business.
0: Which feels manageable, right? And yeah. I, I wish people like I. I don't know. I've got this sort of like hidden agenda of getting people back to the place of enjoying the process. You know, mm-hmm. kind of trying to be present. And I mean, even my Facebook group, like I'll post. You know, if you're you're in there, so it's like I'll post like, what are you doing for the week on Monday and stuff. All of those are still manual posts. I don't, and I'm not against scheduling. So hear my heart on that. I'm not against that, but. I really enjoy being in the group and getting and seeing what people are responding to. And so I think with content, finding that place that that really serves you, it will serve the audience. So if you can find, I mean, I started doing daily emails, I'm not doing them now, a couple years ago, and I just wanted to do it for myself. I'm like, I'm gonna get better at telling a story and pivoting to a link, I'm gonna do this. And it was just, it was kind of phenomenal who I became in the process for lack of a better explanation.
1: <laughs> you, you grow to fit the, um, to fit the role. Yes. This,
0: yes. I, All right. So I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I feel like I'm like going sideways with Kim stories, but I, can you, can you pull in a little bit with, so amp my content. When yes. did you guys start that site from, and, and are you still running the clothing store? But I'd love to hear how that came about.
1: So we sold the clothing store just because there was only so much time and I wasn't prepared to scale it up and build a team and things like that. Um, And I was constantly going to the post office to send stuff, um, Mm -hmm. which is like you're there for a lot longer than you think.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, I got a lot of people asking me about marketing and things like that. I actually set up a retargeting blog at one point, which did ridiculously well. And then um, we built out my content partly because my partner, Freya, is also in content marketing. And I thought if anything happened to me in the future, at least she would have this asset that would continue to like uh, support her mm-hmm. down the line. So that's why my focus is on this at the moment. And I'm, I'm not ill or anything like that. It's all good. I'm just building this out first because it's a project of her. Amp. Um, it started because we, we, we had a lot of friends who were running small businesses and things, and it takes a lot of courage to do that. And yet a lot of them fail because they are jumping around back and forth. And, um, it would break my heart because I could see that they weren't doing the things that they needed to do. So we started to share this, um, all our case studies and results and things like that with them. And, um, we, it actually came about because we would get all these crazy content marketing results. Like I say, I'm, um, I'm like a paid ads guy, but our content marketing results are higher than content marketing blogs. Like, um, the higher rankings, higher traffic, higher results and things like this. So we kind of had to put out a content blog. Um, but it all started, I actually hired an intern and we created all these SOPs and things for uh, for, for work, promotion, paid ads, blah, 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 all that. And so we actually created that into um, into a training program at one point. And we were thinking, well, we really should probably put it on something that was relevant so we set up out my content and uh we started sharing case studies and stuff on there. And we've only have only shared four so far in fairness. But um yeah, they're doing pretty well.
0: So did you just launch the sorry I was having a You're all good.
1: <laughs> I've got mine in front of me and I keep staring at it. I'm like, can I take a sip without it being yes. loud?
0: <laughs> yes. T- you know what, trust, people are so used to me. Like I'll sneeze mid podcast, I'll <laughs> let it out. We're, we're so we're good. Um so, with Ant, how long, when did you guys launch AMP My Content?
1: So, we, we bought the domain about two years ago on holiday. And we kind of messed around creating the product and stuff for a small audience at first. And uh, we set up kind of like a sales sequence and things like that. It only really, in fairness, it only kind of officially launched with this latest article. So, maybe about four months ago.
0: Oh, my gosh! That is fantastic. Yeah. And it, it's it, for the listeners, too. So uh, Daniel was emailing me this where this morning about the Zencaster link, which I was <laughs> late getting to him. But it was like even going back to the site before the interview, like I always double check stuff and it was like, "Oh my gosh, Kim focus because I kept going deeper and deeper into yeah. into the content. So um i I'm really excited about the direction of less writing and more promotion. So I'm going to let you take that where you want. I think you've already addressed it, but you go a lot deeper into it. So, um, I, or if you want to do a case study, Daniel too, like I'd love to hear or both.
1: Yeah. Too easy. Um, if you, you know, if you want your sanity, promote more (laughs) even just for that because writing and things, creating content all the time, it's just, it's very, very difficult. You know, you're not a media company, so you can write less and you can, or you can write less often and get results. The key is to promote it. There's, there's SEO benefits and things as well. Um, Kind of, uh, I I can't remember which one it is. I want to say um, Panda, but they have like a thin content penalty. So you can have content on your site. That's really, really good. But if you've got other pages that are not, you've built no links to and things, it actually lowers the rankings of the good content. So you, you can actually see an increase by deleting old stuff. So it just goes that is to That's fascinating. Show, right. And so it just goes to show that um, I have a horror story actually, I'll share in a sec. It just goes to show that you can put out less, but especially because you only need to have like X amount of conversations with your audience. You know, you need to bring them in, find the problem, build the trust, make the sale. That's all it is, really, you know, uh, per product. Now, um, SEO Yoast, which is like an SEO plugin. Yep. Just recently, um, it updated before fully testing. And so what it did is it created an indexed page for every image on our website. So it added 650 new pages to the site. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. And so all of our articles just dropped out of ranking, like didn't index anymore. And it it keeps happening as well. It's like... um, they, they they put in a fix at the moment, and I'm, I'm not going to badmouth them because the guys do it all for free and stuff, and it's, it's an awesome tool. But um, right now, even with only four articles, we've got like 249 pages, and we keep dropping oh out of the search. So our article was on the page one yesterday, and it's dropped down to page two today and page three, I and mean, then it dropped entirely out of the rankings and stuff. This stuff happens. It's fine. You know, yeah. but it just goes to show by adding all those pages, and each page just had one image on it. Um, even though we had the same amount of links and the same content, we dropped down in rankings. But by deleting them, we're going back up. It's absolutely insane. So wow, yeah. that is crazy. Yeah, no one's really talking about it. I saw one e-commerce company got like six thousand extra pages.
0: I'm I'm literally sitting here stunned because I don't know how much of my background you know. as a WordPress chick. I've got a ton of friends in the WordPress space. I'm like, no one's talking do, about. Does it. does nobody know this? <laughs> right. Oh and my goodness.
1: It, and it's crazy. And they they created like a hot fix where it will keep um, uh, de-indexing those pages and then uploading new site crawl maps, but it keeps de-indexing particular article pages. So I'm going to have to go back in and request them to be indexed, and then we start ranking again. It anyway. These things happen. There's always horror stories in business. It's never the things that you're worried about. It's always something random. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you writing less is it's just the fastest way to an ROI. You can spend more time promoting it, you'll start to see a bigger return. Even if it's like you are you're reaching out to people to build links and things and influencers are sharing your posts. Over time, the shares get more traffic, you, you get more sales and things like that. And you, it only takes 20 minutes to write an email. Whereas it, at the moment, if you're not good at writing, it might be taking you eight hours, 12 hours uh-huh. to write a post. So yeah. for those 12 hours, you can get five times, 10 times more traffic and you'll get organic traffic at the end of it. So and it, that's my argument for it.
0: Okay, so a couple things I want to unpack from that. First of all, is um, in terms of you you're talking about like writing an email to get people to link back or simply to share your content and right so is there i don't, I don't know what's cuz even that like i i hate doing cold emails and asking for things it's so like not in my i i've just i don't know it's recovering catholic guilt or something but <laughs> um you know so is there what's the best way to go about doing that
1: um it's the same way i do anything is empathy what, why do they care? You know, you have to figure out if that person is the right person to actually care about this and you have to come at it from an angle where it's a benefit to them. Otherwise they're not interested. Like what I, um, Dave Toomey, uh, put us in touch and I pitched mm-hmm. you about coming on the show. Now I could have just been on the show cause Hey, I wrote a post and I want to build a link to it. But instead it's like, I, I actually want to add value to your audience and I've researched the stuff that you do and I know it ties into this. And so it's a no brainer. For you to to say yes because I've looked at it from your from um, from why it would help you And you're like yeah that just sound good so um, at the moment all I'm doing is email outreach. Um, it's for of a case study we're trying to build a hundred linking websites to an article so all I've been doing is sending emails uh, for about five hours a day for about three weeks so go, you go a little bit insane but I'm not actually sending that many I'm sending one probably every 40 minutes. But because of that, because I'm taking the time, I'm enjoying the process, I'm picking and choosing the right people, we're getting like an 80% success success rate, which is totally unheard of. Yeah. Um, We built 24 website links in 29 days last month. Wow. Yeah. And that's just the ones that are showing. We built more because it's just, you know, how can, I'm, I'm not even asking for links. I'm just, I'm. I'm looking for people who I, I think might like the content <clears throat> or their audience might like the content. And I'm just saying, hey, you know, we created this. I, it ties into these. I think you might like it. If you want me to share uh, to send you the link, can I? We had a bit of social proof to it as well and things like that so people can trust us. But um, it's, it's actually quite easy, especially when the content is good. Because as soon as the content is good and they look at it and like, well, it makes no sense not to, you know? So even if they share it, the, they share it on social some of their readers have blogs and link to it and things like that but it's more of um it really is that long-term relationship building approach that you're talking about with brendan where it's like hey i'm just trying to build a relationship with you i think this would help your audience if i can help you in some way that's awesome and and so what happens is you're top of mind and then they end up writing a post about it anyway and linking to you you know a lot of people, when they're doing outreach, they're trying to say, hey, I saw you wrote this post seven years ago. Do you mind linking to me? Yeah.
0: And like, I, yeah. you know, I, I get that all the time, Daniel. I get so many people saying, hey, I saw this page. We wrote this. I think it'd be valuable for your readers. And, and I'm so not like, what's in it for me? But- it's clearly like they just found something and want a link as opposed yeah. to, you know, whether I listen to this podcast episode or I saw you had this guest on or, or something. I just want to see that somebody cares a teeny tiny bit about what I'm doing. And
1: I think it's because they do outreach um, as a churn and burn, but like, mm-hmm. I've got 3000 people on the list. How fast can I get it done so I can write a new post where in reality, if they took the time and they built those relationships, You might get links from those people for the next 10 years uh, from from new posts. You might have uh, collabs. They might send you referral traffic and sales and things like that. And um, so I've got a list, no joke, of about 7,000 people to reach out to. And I'm only at about 85 or something like that on the list. And I'm not in any rush because every time that we do that, you know, we just got featured on Databox today. And then we're on TechSmith uh, next week. And then, you know, I've got another podcast in two hours and things like that. It's, I'm not trying to churn through it as fast as I can, because what's the benefit? I can write the next post on troubleshooting and it doesn't do anything. Whereas if I can take the time and talk to people, you know, it pays off.
0: Yeah. It kind of goes back to that whole farming thing, right? It's that you are going to plant the seed and then you're going to water it and then you're going to pick away the dead stuff and then you're going to let the sun do its thing and and all of that. Um, the other piece of that question I wanted to ask you, we're going back to, uh, you know, getting rid of content that's not actually helping you, it's hindering you. Is there some value in going back to something you've written and improving on it and going deeper even as opposed to necessarily, you know, as opposed to jumping in and writing something fresh? Would it be more beneficial to, to go in and improve something
1: totally it's what I recommend people to do all the time because that post is probably already getting some traffic and mm-hmm. just by improving it even if you've got um so a lot of people all of our content has uh like an opt in offer it's a unique specific offer for that content and so our opt in rates on articles are anywhere between seventeen and eighty three percent whoa. Rates. Yeah. So like that new guide is 83% opt-in rate right now. opt opted
0: guide. in to two separate guides. <laughs> there you go, right? So, <laughs> yeah.
1: um, and that's the thing. Most of our customers end up opting into like five, six, seven guides and there's no pitch and we just build so much trust and value that um, our conversion rate is about 17% to sale at the moment. So it's like we're, we're kind of an outlier on that, but it's because... Uh, the good content and it has a specific opt-in. This is the thing, like just by adding specific opt-ins, you get more sales, even with the traffic you've already got right now, because you're making it more effective. But then as you were saying, like if you go back into that old content and improve it, you're going to be far better off. There's actually, um, it's something we write about in in the guide. Um, Let's see if I can remember what the URL is. I think it's um, at mycontent.com forward slash uh, creating killer content. But I'll, I'll link I'll, to
0: I'll, I'll link to everything. So awesome. go ahead.
1: But it's basically
0: uh, we took information from people who are
1: much smarter than us. Jonah Berger, he wrote um, "Contagious," you know why things go viral. Okay. We looked at information from Brian Dean and from uh, Bus Sumo, um, yep. the guys who um, they did all, like a million website searches and stuff like this. And they found this, there's all these different elements that actually cause content to get linked to or content to get shared or content, you know. And we we put that into a list and it's content that builds authority, you know. Just do people trust you from reading it? It's content that builds reciprocity. Is there some kind of action they can take and it has value? So they want to pay you back in some way. Um, there's there's a list that you'll see in the post. But the thing is, when you break it down, it's okay. okay, it's just slightly longer more images. So it gives context. Don't just uh, talk about a subject, actually teach about the subject so that it can get into it, you know? So it's not just saying, Hey, so in that article, for example, we actually show you how to do that. We show you how to go into an old guide and improve it. And we show you a comparison as well. Once you've opted in, we took an, uh, a post off a site that I really enjoy and I actually rewrote the post and you can see them side by side. I couldn't publish that post because obviously it's not our website, but you can see the difference. And all I did was take the same content and just improve the layout and the perception and added more value to it. Things like that. So yeah, you, you are better off improving old content than rather than going out and creating new content.
0: I, you know, one of the things um, that I love to about your content, it is so easy to read. I'm such a yeah. nut about the way content is formatted. I, you know, I'm like, more white space, more white space. um. But I, I it's like, there's no distractions. It, it looks good. There's images, all that, but it's super easy to consume as well. So um, I wasn't sure if you're gonna say something. But yeah, I, I mean, I think that that is a huge piece of it, too. Um, I want to pivot a little bit, if we can, into the promotion piece, right? So yes. you, you're doing, you do paid, you do organic. So I'm going to let you kind of run with that because I don't know many people that will run paid traffic to content. And I will like a little sort of off script again. I worked at the Facebook ad agency a couple years ago when I was doing this podcasting done for you service. And that was what he did. We ran traffic to content that brought them into my space. And then we followed up that way. But um, not a lot of people talk about running content. I mean, traffic, paid traffic to content.
1: Yeah, a lot of there's like a big disconnect between the inbound guys and the ad guys. The ad uh-huh. guys want a sale today. And so they're just pushing to an offer and the inbound guys don't want to, uh, they don't want to be pushy at all. And they just want people to come to them naturally. Um, when in reality you need to be, you don't have to be doing both, but I highly recommend that you do both because that's how you leverage these assets best. Um, by pushing to content, it's far cheaper. Um, you get better opt-ins. You get to speak to an entirely cold audience that no one is competing with. Um, so, for example, for every dollar we spend right now on promoting a post, we make $22 back um, over <laughs> wow. about 60 days kind of thing. Uh, yeah, it's it's insane. We're getting email opt-ins in the marketing space for about $2.30 US. Um, but we can actually afford to spend up to $23 because we know our numbers and things like that. hmm um, so it's super, super effective. Yeah. So if, if we think about it, so I'm talking about running paid ads to content on Facebook. If you can do this on a lot of platforms, Google's really good because if people search for certain keywords and things, even, um, just like a, a standard search, you could put your content in front of them with a paid ad. On there because um, people have intent. You know, it's like how to run. If you if you type in how to learn to surf and a a paid ad comes up as an article to that, it's going to convert. People are going to click on it better than they are, you know, buying a book or a course or something straight away because it's 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 less difficult to get them to it. It's a smaller touch point. You know, you're you're building that relationship easier and um, more realistically. But the thing is on. on on Google for someone to have clicked that and already wrote that is they have to be a very warm lead Mm -hmm. on Facebook. You can reach out to people who are totally cold. who don't even know that they have that problem yet or that interest, but they could be a potential customer. And so if we look at Facebook at the platform and how it works, it's designed as an entertainment platform. They're trying to keep people on there and they're trying to make it enjoyable experience. So by pushing content to people, Facebook really likes this because you are, you know, a lot of them are clicking on it and they're staying on your site and Facebook can track that and they're saying, well, this must be something that these people really enjoy. So they boost the relevance and so your cost goes down and they start showing it to more people. So it's it's a really easy way to get in front of people rather than just trying to push directly to an advert and not being able to buy. The, The big thing I will say with paid ads, like right at the start, they almost always start at a loss. Because Mm -hmm. there's no way you can just kind of create a killer advert right at the gate. You can follow all the checklists and templates and stuff, but it doesn't happen immediately. You might spend $4 and get a dollar back kind of thing. And so a lot of people, when they get started, they see that and they get uh, disheartened and stop. The thing is, if they ran it for like a week longer, they might have actually made their money back five times over. Mm -hmm. And, And so a lot of it is realizing it starts at a loss and that's fine. You're getting data to find what works. So in product testing, they use a system called bottom-up testing, and there's a great um, there's a great section in the book uh, Black Black Box Thinking, and they talk about this where they created this nozzle uh, for Unilever. I want to say they're creating um, uh, washing powder, and the nozzle that oh, kind of fires the powder straight through, and it's a billion dollar industry, and they've got PhD scientists, and they've got like these flow mechanic engineers, and all this other stuff. And they just couldn't get it to work efficiently. It kept clogging and things like that. It's making money and it's it's doing well, but it wouldn't work. So they hired, um, believe it or not, like an evolutionary scientist. And they do what is bottom-up testing, where they test um, a single slight variation and they test 10 of those variations and they find the one that works better. And then they keep that as the new winner. And then they test variations of that and variations of that. And you'll see it in the in the article we we. Created a screenshot, this nozzle at the end doesn't make any sense. It, you wouldn't think that it would work. And yet it's like 400% more effective than the actual nozzle that they originally created. Even again, it goes against the math and the science and everything. It's the same with an advert, like a Facebook ad. I've had ad images that are not performing at all. And I thought that they would. And then three days later, they're the most high performing ad that you've got and things yeah. like this. So you have to be aware that you will start off at a loss and we incrementally make the ad better. So we're getting to break even and then we're getting to a point where it creates a profit. It doesn't actually take that long or cost that much money to do either when you do it uh, correctly. And that is another thing you have to run for long enough. Um, You just have to get enough data points that you can start to see what's improving and what isn't. And I'll go through like the whole testing process and stuff like that as well. But I just wanted to cover those upfront so that people can understand that it's a, it's a big reason why a lot of people don't run paid ads.
0: Well, and do you think we're at a point now where most businesses need to be running paid ads?
1: It is incredibly competitive. Like on Uh, WordPress alone, there's 83 million blog posts published a month. And that's not including Wix, Joomla, uh, Squarespace. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's insane. Or other CRMs. So if you want to be noticed, You do have to get out there. The other thing as well is I'm not, like I said, I'm not against SEO, but SEO takes time. We built 29 backlinks this week. Google won't recognize those for maybe a month. Uh So I won't see any sales from that. So I need to be able to generate traffic in the meantime. So if I can be running low cost ads to that same content, it means I can automate some of the outreach while I then go and build backlinks. You know, so if you're a small team, it works really well, also
0: well, and I'm sitting here in my head thinking of the math where people will jump in and buy a two thousand dollar course, say, or they join a twenty five thousand dollar mastermind, and it's like too much traffic you could gotten <laughs> you know and and it's kind yeah. of that it's just that unknown space where it's like start with ten bucks a day i I mean, I always say you're gonna pay with either time or money, but the yeah. thing is, the longer you choose to pay with time only. The longer you're not going to be earning money, right? So it's, it's in a way, it's a catch 22, but um, in so many ways, I'm kind of starting to feel that as well. But I always felt the same thing. Like I wanted to actually test ads to Messenger because I think they're cheaper just for lead gen, but it wouldn't be to a product either. It would be to get them into sort of a content funnel and to just bring someone into my Facebook, into my space, really to build a relationship and then do the selling on the back end of that.
1: That's it, because you're much more likely to make a sale if you can get that first initial interaction rather than pushing to a sale. It works, but you've got to be a very good copywriter and you've got to have a very good offer on the back end that converts at like a specific rate to do that. And Mm -hmm. let's be honest, most people don't have those things in place or they don't even know if they have. Um, That's the other big thing is people don't know if ads are working because they have no idea their business numbers. So... I've I've seen people before. I I worked with a local gym um, that I go to, and we were for seventeen dollars. They were making two thousand dollars back. So what? yeah, and they they were complaining because they were saying the ads weren't working. And I was like, we you just ran seventeen bucks this week, and you just done four thousand in sales. And like next week, it's going to be the same. And next week, it's going to be the same. as people don't understand how to to read the dashboards, but it's also They don't know about numbers. They don't know what a visitor is worth. They don't know what a subscriber is worth. They don't know uh, what a customer is worth. You know, it's much more than the initial sale and things like that. And I talk about all this in the in the guide that I wrote. It's like it's huge. It's an eight part guide, and we break it all down how to do all this. So if if you're reading along and taking notes and kind of like freaking out how to do it all, it's all in there and it's really simple.
0: One of the things the ultimate guide to paid content promotion. That one,
1: yeah. So it's like, that's why the first chapter we get into is figuring out how much you can spend because otherwise you don't have any goalposts to aim for. And you're like, am I losing money? Am I making money? And things like that. A big part of it, for example, um, I know that I need, uh, you know, for a hundred leads, I will get 17 sales. That's an outlier. For most people, you'll only get two sales. But if an average email costs you $4, and you need 100 of them to get two sales that means you need to spend you know uh, $400 to get that first sale so if you stop at 100 bucks and you haven't made any sales well of course you haven't you haven't had enough leads in the pipeline for what your business converts out right now yeah you know and and that's the big thing but if you know those numbers you know statistically you're like okay well yeah i it makes sense that i haven't made a sale yet cuz i only convert you know one out of every 50 people And I haven't had 50 subscribers yet. So, duh, you know, that makes sense. So it gives you, it removes a lot of the anxiety. And it's really easy to do. It's basically this number minus this number equals
0: this number. Yeah. It's just that a lot of people don't really do that. I mean, I'm not a huge, I don't enjoy. Yeah. Well, it's not even that. It's just like, I'd rather just create, right? But yeah. you have to look at it. You have to know what's working. You have to look at your numbers. Um, you know, so from that perspective, and it's it's funny, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, my audience, I know we all love tools and everything. And it's like, there's more discussion over, you know, oh, buying this lifetime license or this. And I'm like, put it to your, I'm sitting here listening to you. I'm like, forget buying all that stuff. Pay trap, buy traffic, buy traffic. That's it.
1: It's going to be the fastest way to make sales.
0: mm -hmm, Absolutely. Um, So one of the things I wanted to ask you about too, because I was playing with this and I'll talk to you after like, so we just released a a physical content planner. I'm a pen and paper person too. And, but one of the things as I was kind of drawing out how I map my content, I was thinking, I really want to do more of these like ultimate guide. I'd rather take a month or two and do a really, you know, in-depth post. And so, from that perspective, like I, I, for me, there's a couple of things. Like I know one might be for an affiliate product that I love and adore, but I'm going to go super in depth and do videos and all that kind of stuff. But something else is where does somebody start? Like, how do you decide what would my ultimate guide? Let's say I want to produce something to your point of, you know, eight chapters or whatever. Where, yeah. do, where do you start with that? Like if someone's not sure what they should create?
1: I will say like right off the bat, if you're not already writing a lot of content don't do an ultimate guide um you know just writing content that's 1500 to 3000 words is fine it'll rank it'll get traffic it'll make sales The the content that we're driving paid ads to right now is only 1400 words you know mm-hmm. the re- but with ultimate guides and things like that it's where you've got a topic in your industry that it demands a lot of information you know for you to be valuable enough to, to put it out there, yes, there's a lot of different uh, parts that they need to know and then it it, it all fits together kind of thing. But it, yeah, if you're a beginner writer, don't start with those because you'll be doing it for six months and you'll hate me and you'll hate your life <laughs> um, And I will give those writing tips as well it's, it's it's in this other guide. but um really it's it's like thinking, okay, well what um, so say it was an affiliate tool. Let's say it was lead pages or something like that. You would say, okay, well, why do I use it? Why would my audience want to use it? What are the things that they need to understand? And then you just break it down like a big conversation, it's like, well, first of all, I probably might need to talk about why email capture is so important to a business Mm -hmm. and get them on board with that. And then I might teach them how to get set up and start capturing emails with lead pages. And then I might have additional chapters where I teach them how to sell to their audience with email. So it's like it's this um, it's this asset that it's a no-brainer for them to actually link to. But it's almost like I try and always imagine uh, the person I'm going to write this for. And I'm like, well, what do they know? What do they need to know? How is the conversation probably going to flow? You know, What thing do they need to know after they know this? And what do they need to know after they know this? I don't go too far with it. But enough that I could sit down for an hour with them. And you'd be surprised, an hour's audio is about uh, 6,000 words anyway. Oh, and you
0: know what? It is. A friend of mine, side note, we were doing um, another podcast, and we were going to take the podcast, do like a paid newsletter. Long story short, each – we had them all transcribed. Each hour was like 18 pages. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's a lot of content.
1: Yeah, and um, so (laughs) – a big cheat of how I write is I, 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 I template out certain, almost all content follows certain different archetypes uh, for okay. different things, how-to guides, you know, and stuff like that. So there's a way to present that information. Like we did at the start, we started with my story. That creates an emotional connection for people to see where I was, where I am, but also where I was so that they can connect with me. They say, okay, well, that's, you know, I can see that you've been where I am and you've, you're where I want to be, stuff like that. So I will get a piece of paper and I'll write all my different notes on there of all the things that I need to do in this conversation. And then I'll put them into a logical order of what we need to put them into. Then I'll put it into a template. So it's like, okay, what's the story? What's the emotional connection? How are we getting into this? Then I'll sit down and I'll just talk into a microphone like we are now, as if I'm having this conversation right now with this person. And I just read from my notes and I don't look at the screen because then I feel weird. <laughs> and um, and I just talk through. And what I find is at the end, when I stop and I listen back, I can write 1,500 words in 10 minutes from listening to that. And then I go back and I edit and I edit and I edit. But it means that I've got something to work from. A lot of people, want to start writing, they try and write a brilliant post from a blank page with no errors all the way through. And it doesn't work.
0: <laughs> no. You need
1: something out there to then shape and make awesome. So like that alone is going to help you write content like you will not believe.
0: You know, it's funny. I, for my solo show podcasts, I always write the post out first. I obviously don't read it. Um, (laughs) Based on the way I talk, it would go sideways so fast if I didn't for myself have an outline. Uh, But you know, those are easily 2,500 word posts. And I mean, just that I write first and I'm not even going back and transcribing it. But I, I think to your point of you know, really taking the time. I love that idea of sort of the brain dump and notes and, and creating from there and then recording. And then that's sort of, you know, rough draft version one. Yeah. (laughs) And then new work from there.
1: That's it. Good writing comes from the editing process, not from the initial uh, put down on paper. You know, it's like, you won't write something that's awesome uh, straight away from fingers to keys. It has to be, um, It has to be something that you can edit. And the reason I love to talk first is your brain can work so much faster than your fingers can type. And you'll find (laughs) that you've got this flow of ideas, but you can't keep up. Whereas if you're just talking conversationally to a microphone, you can then listen back and then write and edit and tweak and things.
0: Yeah, that's a great idea. I think there are a lot of people that uh, my friend Lee Jackson does that I know that he would do a lot of audio recording to written posts. Um, And once you start doing it, you'll probably find what works best for you. Um, I feel like I would confuse myself if I did too much recording first. Yeah. Um, but it's just the way, I, it's because of the way I talk, part of it. Um, uh, let me ask you this then. So, with some of this, where does SEO come into play with that? You're not actually, so you're not necessarily creating content from a, I went and did keyword research. I found I could write this because I could rank for this. That's not your approach. Not really. I try and
1: think of the conversations that my customers need to have with me and things like that. And then I create that content first. Everything else is a bit of a bonus. But in reality, like some kind of, um, Just because there's a keyword that gets like 1,500 searches. Yes, you could write a post about it. Probably not going to get sales straight away. You know, it's like it is a how-to guide. It's going to drive more traffic. You will get more leads eventually and things. But there's certain topics that your audience needs to talk to you about. And in reality, you only need those. Like if Facebook died tomorrow, if Google died and the next thing comes along, everyone's set back to zero. Uh, So no one's ranking and things. Do, do, do you really care about that article? That's like, um, what, what size should Facebook ad images be? Like your audience isn't going to really care about that, but if it's like how to get started in, in doing the thing that you do and, but you sell, then you can just push them to it and you can push thousands of people to it faster than you could ever have a conversation with people. Um, and, and that way, you know, you could go out and put billboards, you could put a sandwich board saying, Hey, read this thing. Um, And so that pays off. Now, I'm not against it. There is like, it it makes total sense to like edit posts. And if you're writing a topic as well, to do keyword research and look at. um, So so I do that in an entire research phase. It's like I'm writing about a topic and then I'll do keyword research where I'm saying, okay, well, is there anything that people are asking that I haven't included that makes sense to include? Um, Because then I'm creating the best version of the post that I can rather than just, um, you know, missing those parts out. And usually that's that's a disconnect between you as an educator or someone who understands your topic. Your level of understanding of it is way higher than your customers. And so they're using different terminology to you, but they're saying the same thing. So, you know, by actually looking into that, you'll be able to communicate with your audience better and you'll be able to make sure that you show up in search and things. Um, but yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not against it but I don't think you need to go that deep. Like, you know, we've been going for four or five months and we've done mid five figures with AMP already. And we don't, you know, there's only four posts on AMP alone. Um, (laughs) So you don't need all that content. You just need stuff that does the job, you know? Everything else is a bonus after that. If you want to start scaling up to 100,000 visitors a month, then yes, you can do all those things. But um, you're better off just creating the assets that are going to make sales that are going to help build trust that are going to build links and things, stuff like that.
0: Well, and I think as I'm here, as I'm listening to this, I, what, what popped in my head is sort of that FOMO. Like people are afraid that if they take too long on something, they're not going to be getting the sales, but in turn, they're just, taking way less time on a bunch of crap that's not not getting sales either. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we're at this junction I think where it's it is the long game, but to your point, paid traffic when you do something really well, the paid traffic can get you there that that's sort of the gasoline on it as opposed to the churn and burn method and you know it, it's it's funny because I I love Gary Vee. but at the same time when I I just like I like more of his self awareness stuff and and mm. doing the work and that kind of resonates with me. He's got a team of twenty people and his core business is VaynerMedia. So yeah. he he creates content under the Gary V brand for speaking and sort of inspiration and he he preaches his stuff but. You know that's not necessarily what Vaynermedia is doing, right
1: <laughs> yeah it's um it's one thing that they're selling, and then they're doing something behind the scenes, plus the guy looks tired you know i don't <laughs> I don't want to be that tired i you know everyone is different, and they're all driven by different things, like some people yeah. just love working that many hours, but for me i at one point, I fully burnt out with client work. I put on ninety pounds like in a short period of time and things like that, and I realized I was making a lot of the wrong choices. And if if like if you find that trying to push your business is doing the same, not you particular, I mean like the the audience members who are listening. If if you're listening and you're saying like I'm I'm getting so much anxiety from this and I'm exhausted from that and I'm doing this, you don't have to be doing all of those things. You know, you can be just doing a couple of things well and be smart lazy. You know, you don't have to like at the moment. I finish every day at three o'clock. You know, and we're not even making there's a huge amount of money. We're being smart. We're keeping it small and stuff. But I finish at three because one, uh, my office gets super, super hot in the summer. Here. <laughs>
0: oh yeah. Um, you guys are in summer where I'm sitting here freezing <laughs> in my office. Yeah. Uh,
1: you start to cook. Um, and, and two, you don't, you know, you don't have to be doing all that. I'm reading the book, uh, by base camp at the moment. And in the, in the summer, they only work four days a week and they change all their projects to smaller projects. And in the winter they work longer hours. You know, it's, We got into business, it's not to see who has the most money, it's because we only have so much time, right? And so if you can make more time to do whatever, sometimes just to lie down, to play computer games, to go surfing, do whatever you want, that's really the goal because once you get over a certain income threshold, it doesn't really change that much.
0: No, I'm right there with you. It's funny, like, I have a friend of mine, I, you know, I was joking around, we were talking before we started recording about moving out of the Bay Area next year. And he's like, Oh, come here, you could come to the office. And, and for me, I love working at home, like, my house is quiet. And, you know, so I'm like, I don't know that I need to be around a bunch of like, ah, uh, like I'm, I'm pretty self-driven and I've got that. It's a quality of life for me. I like to take a nap once in a while yeah. or, you know, Fridays, I'm like, I'm pretty much done by like one o'clock on Friday unless somebody really needs something. But it's why I cl- cut out client work, all of those things. Like you, I, I can't begin to tell you, Daniel, you totally have inspired me. Like, I just want to like shut down and go right for the day, but I won't, <laughs> um, But I, but I agree with you. It's, and I think there's, you know, taking and creating really solid assets, it's, it's kind of that idea almost of like a thousand true fans versus like doing the whole email list of hundreds of thousands of people. It's like, you can do a lot better with those true fans. The same thing as you can do a lot better with really quality assets on your website.
1: Yeah. And it's easier. It's less stressful. Um, Yes, it takes time. But one of those things is like, if you're running paid ads, it can make sure that you're getting sales quicker, you know? Um, I don't know how much we'll get to cover and it's all in the guide, but I will say start small. You know, um, Facebook is designed to try and spend your money as fast as possible. And it does have have an AI in there, but you don't need to start huge. I actually start for about $5 a day when I'm testing and that's Mm -hmm. it. So I'm not even spending more than 300 bucks to get to the
0: point where I've got a winning ad you know. Yeah, right. And what are your thoughts too? I, I'd be curious because the thing is like I hired Jason's agency to work with me. I got results. I I really did. At the same time I I know 100% it's I don't want to do the ads. I really, really yeah. do. I mean I want to run them. I don't want to create them. <laughs> so I think there are a lot of people that you can find out there that I'm even seeing people do more of a you know you pay based on performance and whatnot. So what are your thoughts on hiring someone to do that?
1: Um Traditionally, I like to hire internally for like mm-hmm. specific roles, especially if it's something that's going to be repeated. Um, also, because we teach paid ads and things like that, it's kind of something that I have to have in house. Yeah. Um, it it really doesn't hurt, but from what I know, I, I don't want to uh, annoy agency owners. But you know, like a lot of them, uh, like the old model where the the more you spend, the more they get paid, and things like that. Uh, where it was like a percentage of ad spend. That's a broken system in that it makes more sense for them for your ad to perform less so that you spend more because they get paid more, if that makes sense. Um, Oh, yeah. If you want 100 sales and you've spent so many thousand and you've only got 20 sales and now you've got a 5X it, well, now they've just 5 x their return. So there's no benefit to them to actually improve uh, your offer. The ones where you don't pay until you get sales is great. Um, but it's, it's one of those things where I think the skill set is worth learning in house because no one is going to know your audience better than you. It's yeah. like, it takes, when I was doing it for, for clients, I would have to like spend weeks and weeks reading women's magazines and things like this and reading the books that they were reading and things and trying to get into that headspace because mm-hmm. you cannot communicate a message until you know those people that there, there's, there's faster ways, you know, you can, uh, here's a top tip, especially from where uh, uh writing ads. I interview people who are customers, people who are almost customers, and people who have no idea yet, but they are you know they're they are a potential they have the ability to actually become a customer they're the right people and things like this in your industry and stuff. What I'll do is I'll have a conversation with those guys and I'll connect the dots between those three stages. So that I can write an ad to talk to someone who's very cold to take them to warm, to take them to the point where they're ready to buy. Um, because it's then it's, you understand the audience, you understand the terminology you use, you understand the reasons why they buy. Because this is the thing, um, me uh, running an advert to some people, I might say, yes, you can uh, get more traffic to your website. But a lot of my audience want more free time with their family. So instead, I position it as you can write less often and have more free time. Boom. Exact same end result, but it connects with those people because I took the time to research and find what was important to them and what was the motivation behind that. So this is why I'm saying like, you're better off running ads to your own audience because you've got a Facebook community. You know those people in and out. Heck, you even probably know what their kids' names are and stuff, you know? So like some of them, yeah. So like you're not. No one is going to write a better ad than you are to that audience. That's you know? true. And and mm-hmm. all it is is learning like the minutia of testing and things. Because once you then go out and you can write um, for one audience member, there's hundred thousand people in the world who are almost very similar to that person, and you can get even just a thousand of them. You know, if you've got a two thousand dollar course or whatever, that's um. Brand is turned off $2 million. You know, you don't have to be everything to everyone and speak to all these people. You just have to be able to communicate with like uh, that group, that person.
0: Well, it, all of this, I mean, we're we're already at an hour, Daniel, I'm totally going to have to have you back on. Um, I'd love to do a live stream too is, but it, all of this, it's like, I, it's like, I, I don't know. I'm like breathing this huge sigh of relief <laughs> because It's just you know you this whole bee scene everywhere all of those things it's just unmanageable. And you know, one thing Brendan had said in that interview, too, is he said, it's exhausting for your audience to see you yeah. everywhere all the time as well, doing the same thing. Like I really do like one of the things I love about stories, whether it's Instagram or Facebook, it's kind of that everyday behind the scenes stuff that just is that little connection like, Oh, I didn't know they had kids or yeah. that they like dogs too. Or it's it's that that's that little connection piece that I love. Um, but other than that, it's, it makes me super excited to just I, I would way rather spend a couple months writing an ultimate guide that gets really good results because I'm really I don't know maybe I'm just getting old I like slowing down and enjoying the process it's like
1: it there's different systems for everyone and I know a lot of people who just run Facebook groups and nothing else and they make tons of money more money than I am but it's just um when that platform dies you know that mm-hmm. is no longer there they don't have the assets and things so for me it makes sense when It fits into all the criteria of what I want for my life. And that was a big thing. Like when I burnt out, um, I started to ask those questions and it's like, well, I don't want to be working all the time. Um, I don't want to be answering phone calls at 4am. I want to be able to spend time with family and things like that. So it just made sense. Like you're creating assets, you're reducing the amount of conversations you have to have because those assets do it for you. You're automating sales systems, you're generating organic traffic. You have traffic that you can share with influencers and forums and whatever else, whatever new platform evolves in the future. And um and you can actually grow. Like so I've got another podcast in an hour. Um uh, well, kind of an interview different thing. And then after that, I'm gonna probably send about five emails and then I'm gonna read a book. And that's my day, you know, and that is what I want from life right now because it's hot outside. Um so I have the benefit. I can work a longer day when it's raining and things like that but yeah, just, you know, reclaim your sanity. A lot of people I know, and I know it's hard. Like if you don't have money and stuff right now, I know, I know how that feels. Um, I've been there and like, you know, I'm good at marketing, but I'm still learning how to be a boss. And you know, I'll spend money that I don't have by accident. And I'm like, Oh God, I don't, we don't have run rate for this month. Things like that. You know? Yeah. I've definitely been in those shoes. So many people are, um, but yeah, you don't have to be churning stuff out all the time. You don't have to show me what you ate for breakfast to get a sale and things like that. <laughs> if, if you're a chef, yeah, go yeah, wild, yeah. you know. But like, if you just want to show what your kids made, yeah, that's great because like we'll connect more and things like that. But um,
0: um, we're t- we're gonna have to do a part two, um, Daniel or a live stream, um you're like right up there with Brendan, like two of my favorite people online is, but I want to ask last thing is how can people work with you guys? Because it looks like you've got a a waiting list for some premium training. I mean, obviously I'm going to link to the site and the posts, um, but how can people work with you guys? That is the
1: only way we don't do client work anymore. Um, Which surprisingly is a great way to get more and more people asking to work with you. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Totally. (laughs) All right, we get requests every time I publish a post uh uh we get requests. This lady reached out the other day she gets eight million visitors a month to a website but doesn't convert and things like that um you know um but that's that's it. you can sign up to that waiting list and in full honesty if you sign up for anything at some point you will um you'll you'll know when it opens up in reality it opens up kind of every thirty days or so, and we do that on purpose because. We only let a small group of people in so that we can help them succeed. You know, and if I let in a thousand people at a time and just did like one big launch, we couldn't do that. And I couldn't offer that kind of touch points. Um, So yeah, like if you opt into anything at some point, there will be an email that comes out.
0: Okay. So that's easy enough. Daniel, this has just been awesome. I'm just, I'm giddy. And now I have to come visit you in New Zealand too.
1: (laughs) You are most (laughs) welcome. Uh, we, we I've never had more people sleep on my sofa than when I moved here. It's insane. <laughs> like I'm not, even, I'm not even exaggerating. I mean, it's like a hundred people, maybe.
0: Uh, that is awesome. Have you ever, seen, this is a total non sequitur. The, uh, there's a show called 800 words and it's an Australian show. And this dad and his kids moved to this town in New Zealand. And it just, it, it's so appealing, that quality of life. I'm like, Oh, I want to go there. <laughs> I'm going to write that down and check it out after this. Yeah, it's, I don't know if you ever saw, there's an American show called Northern Exposure. It's like a quirky town, but I'm like, you just fall in love with every character. It's just a life show. It's not drama. It's not crime. It's just like, okay, this is fun. Anyways, Daniel, this has been fabulous. I am so glad they've connected us and, you know, we'll chat offline. I want to see who else I can connect with, connect you guys with as well. Um, just thank you for everything you're doing. I really appreciate you being here today.
1: You are most welcome. Thank you for having us. And um, I hope I've been of help. To people. And like I said, we have guides on all this stuff anyway, so it, it goes into more depth. So you can read all about that much better than I can ever talk about it in just like a short podcast and things.
0: All right. Thank you so much. You guys know the drill. Hang on. I'm going to repeat links. Everything will be in the show notes and it's pretty easy to find, but I will make sure that everything is linked and of course be giving them a backlink. So as you, always, guys, <laughs> thanks so much for listening you see what I mean, you guys? He's fantastic. I am so glad we connected. You just never know where these relationships are going to head to. So go to ampmycontent.com. And that's just dot tcom It's AMP as in short for Amplify. Be sure to check out the site, get on their list, connect with Daniel. As always, thanks so much for listening. If you've not checked out the content planner, Uh, Yeah, clearly I've got lots of marketing to do. So go to the contentcreatorsplanner.com site to check out the brand new physical content planner. You can get the PDF though. As always, guys, thanks for listening and I will catch you next time.